this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host d sampath the government of india has always claimed that india is the fastest growing economy in the world the latest gdp numbers would seem to buttress that claim on the back of a fourth quarter growth of 6.1% the gdp growth for the financial year 2022-23 has been recorded at 7.2% which is much higher than the earlier rbi projection of 6.8% on the one hand this is definitely good news and of course good optics as well and on the other hand critics have expressed skepticism about the methodology used to arrive at the estimate of 7.2% they also point out that if we take an average of the 3 years from the last pre-pandemic year the economy has only grown at an average of about 3.2% the infamous hindu rate of growth growth and growth so what do we really make of the gdp numbers in terms of the health of the economy what are the concerns about the methodology followed in its calculation and how do these numbers tally with other indicators such as growth in employment and manufacturing output we explore all these questions in this episode of in focus and we have with us professor cp chandrashekar senior research fellow at the political economy research institute university of massachusetts in the us cp thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me so uh, to start with can you just uh, explain what is the significance of the announcement that india's gdp growth for 2223 is 7.2% given that these figures are said to be provisional and will be revised once more uh, when more data comes in and from the layman's point of view i mean this provisional and all seems very complicated what kind of data is missing from this calculation and is going to be added and what do you make of these numbers in this context okay uh, f- first just to sort of uh, make clear how we read these 7.2 figure percent numbers and uh, number one way of reading it of course is to actually you know make a cross country comparison with other countries in the world and their growth rates and uh, if you do it that in that fashion particularly because there's been to a certain extent a slowing of growth rate uh, in the in, in china in, in the most recent years Uh, india does emerge in extremely good light appearing to be a country which uh, somehow seems to be um, turning out to be among the fastest or if not the fastest growing country uh, among similarly placed nations the other way of looking at it of course is to uh, look at it in terms of uh, and and to make an intertemporal comparison and uh, really we know that you know there was a significant dip and india had one of one of the sort of most a more severe dips in terms of the fall in gdp or the contraction in gdp in covid year which was of course 2020-21 and uh, therefore we are really looking at to what extent in the subsequent two years uh, has have economies been able to sort of bounce back to one go beyond where we were in the pre pandemic year before the major dip happened and two of course uh, the larger question of whether there is any clear sign of a movement onto the trajectory of growth you were on prior to the hit that the pandemic sort of um, delivered uh, across the world on economies across the world now if you look at it in that in that fashion as you mentioned actually we don't seem to have had a sort of a bounce back which is significant enough because it really you know is pointing to the fact that if you take the increase in constant price or 
inflation-adjusted GDP between 2019-20 and 22-23, as as emerged the provisional estimates, we are not talking about a very high rate of growth, just about three percent plus, and that definitely means that we are not moving back adequately on you know or traversing adequately to the trajectory of GDP growth which prevailed earlier. Add to this the fact that the the bounce back is losing momentum, which which becomes clear when we compare the growth rates uh, between 2022-23 and 21-22, then we're basically saying the possibility that you'll actually see a significant pickup in absolute GDP relative to the pre-pandemic here and a tendency to traverse to the growth trajectory which we were on prior to the pandemic, which itself was not a growth trajectory which reflected the kind of dynamism which the Indian economy seemed to be reflecting in the period, say, from 2003-04 to 2007-08. So if you put all of that together, first we should, we should be clear that uh, you know using the number 7.2 on the basis of a cross-country comparison to try and hype up the performance of the Indian economy is to, is to conceal certain features of, of actual economic performance. The second thing is, as you mentioned, this is a, this is a provisional estimate. And uh, provisional estimates, uh, which really allow you to make uh, quick cal- calculations of quarterly GDP growth rates, which India, of course, now reports internationally as aligned to the IMF's data dissemination standards, etc., obviously requires operating with a set of numbers which become available very quickly. If there are numbers which are based on, let us say, significant surveys, large-scale surveys or, you know, medium-sized surveys in which uh, undertaking the survey, uh, collating the data and then providing the results would take time, then obviously that cannot be used to actually make these kinds of, uh, uh, these quick estimates. So therefore, you need data which is coming out very quickly and for example, if you take manufacturing, the data which sort of comes out most quickly is the self-reporting by corporates. Here again, self-selected corporates, not, not all corporates which are identified as reflecting the performance of the manufacturing sector. The data from them, which are reported on a quarterly basis, becomes, you know, provides the sort of uh, material to make a projection on how manufacturing is going to move. Now, there is a larger problem about using this kind of data. but it essentially means that there are there's a whole host of uh, medium scale industries, of course, small scale industries, the informal sector, all of which is left out, which results in a situation in which uh, you're basically saying that there is going to be a tendency to uh, not capture manufacturing uh, growth uh, adequately or uh, not, I wouldn't even say accurately, but you know, in in a fashion which is reflective of of, of real trends, even if not. Uh, an actual capturing of real, real terms, that that is that is unlikely to happen, particularly because of the large presence of the informal sector. So uh, this also you would you would you know if you, if you, for example take services, you know there's a large part of Indian services which essentially consists of informal services because services of particular kinds, uh, including construction, if you want to call that services, and of course uh, retail trade, um, low end. Uh, you know, eateries and restaurants and so on, that we don't have quick data emerging from this. So you'd actually have the more corporatized section of the services sector and, of course, public administration and defense, that is government reporting. So, uh, CP, sorry to interrupt. So when when we when this kind of uh, data is not included in this uh, estimates, like you mentioned, uh, informal sector, small and medium scale uh, enterprises and so on, and there is a greater uh, attention on the formal sector, what is the effect of this discrepancy or anomaly 
in the estimation does it lead to an overestimate because informal sector is possibly doing less or less well or growing slowly or is it leading to a general kind of a, a concealment of certain aspects which doesn't really impact the overall gdp growth estimate now i mean let me put it this way two things first you know when the, this current series of the national accounts statistics was was developed and uh, put in place with uh, the base year 2011 12 which is the series which is currently running um, and you know revising series is is uh, an international practice so that is okay but the the uh, you know the statistical authorities decided to move to a new methodology in terms of the sources of data they use for for the manufacturing sector so as opposed to the annual survey of industries which was a survey which was conducted by uh, obtaining information at plant level and then checking that information based on field visits by staff from the uh, central state i mean from the national sample survey organization or the i mean annual survey of industries section of the statistical office that was the basis on which uh, manufacturing output even in the uh, organized sector was was sort of uh, calculated to arrive at the the gdp estimates of for manufacturing now obviously that you can't get that every quarter so obviously when they decided to move into a quarter based thing they decided to move to a new data set and that data set was the collation of self reported financial statistics by self selected sets of companies to the ministry of company affairs so the mca database became the database which were used and uh, there would of course be delayed delays in reporting by some firms but whatever is available is the basis even at that point of time based on the initial results which were coming out of the new series and comparing it with what we had from the old series a number of uh, observers uh, statisticians economists had had pointed to the fact that there is clearly an overestimation relative to what we had earlier and that overestimation is not necessarily a correction but possibly is an overestimation which is going to lead to an unwarranted boosting of the level but more than the level it's not so much the level because in the first year even the level is not so much high but in terms of the rate of growth they said that there's going to be a difference so you are saying uh, sorry to interrupt again so just to clarify for the benefit of our uh, listeners you are saying that because of this difference in the uh, way data is being collected one earlier it used to be uh, through independent uh, staff members from the government who would go and survey these various manufacturing at plant level fields etc etc now it is more of self selected self reporting from the mca so is there an incentive for companies to over report wouldn't that mean that they have to pay more taxes etc i mean why would they over report their output uh, as opposed to reflecting whatever is actually the case well it's it's a bit complicated thing firstly what is what is being looked at here is not just uh, profits it's look, looking at uh, value added so it includes uh, you know other forms so it includes uh, you know all sorts of overheads rent interest um, wages profits all of them enter into what you would take from that data set to make your 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 value added and therefore your gdp calculations but more importantly we must realize that we are in a highly financialized world so corporations would like to present themselves in good light so as to be able to ensure that there is no significant impact on the the levels at which their shares are being quoted or listed in the in the market so it works both ways i mean it's true that to avoid tax and so on but you know tax concessions have proceeded to such a level that you you can get away 
with even with presenting uh, surpluses but then not paying too much in terms of taxes but on the other hand showing surpluses can be quite crucial from the point of view of where your your, your i mean how your stock is being valued in the market and uh, this we know makes a lot of difference to the ability of companies you know well performing companies uh, at least in terms of their own statistics uh, to be able to to mobilize at uh, you know premiums premiums from the stock market by going in for ipos to the extent that they decide to do so right and how is the data collected in other countries developed countries is it like the self selected mode or is it like independent surveys kind of a thing well i suppose uh, you know over a period of, i mean i'm sure i mean there, there are a number of countries which use these kind of data sources but uh, one uh, in, in some there would be other ways of cross verifying and two there's been a long history of actually ensuring that uh, that they but we know that even in those countries there are a significant degree of violations of accounting norms and guidelines etc on the part of corporations which get detected and then they are penalized to a certain extent so yeah it's 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 also the regulatory frame within which all of this happens and the tax frame within which all of this happens which reflects it but the point we know is that when we began to use this the evidence clearly pointed to the fact that there seemed to be a significant overestimation of the manufacturing value added which went into gdp calculations as as i said as argued by people of very different persuasions including some establishment economists so so it wasn't you know just a, a critical group which which was pointing to this overestimation the second thing about uh, using this kind of data which is available is what i pointed out that you're ending up uh, you know leaving out a whole host of areas and what you're assuming when you leave them out which is what is crucial is that you are in essence assuming that the rest of the manufacturing sector behaves or performs more or less the way in which these companies which are the list you know very often you know listed companies or companies which are required by law to actually submit their reports uh, to the ministry of company affairs so so you're basically saying that the unorganized sector the informal sector the small and medium firms are performing just like these other firms are performing which of course is an assumption which is not warranted at all uh, particularly because of the fact that uh, you're looking at an economy which has seen or uh, which has suffered many hits i mean you know we had the impact of demonetization which we know affected that segment of the economy more uh, you know we 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 had the uh, uh, the gst being introduced which also created a lot of problems uh, because the costs of compliance uh, for many of these units was extremely high right cp so here uh, you're making a very important uh, point here so you're saying that there is a greater or probably a disproportionate weightage uh, given to the formal sector which are actually obligated to report uh, their numbers to the mca which then feeds into the gdp calculation but then Uh, the assumption that the rest of the manufacturing sector which is in the informal side of the economy may not be going at the same uh, the same pace and it is very likely that is a case because of gst demonetization related impacts and also the impact of the pandemic yeah right so in this context one of the assumptions we generally tend to sort of not the assumptions the connections we make with gdp growth is that there if the gdp is growing well if the economy is growing that means there is also some growth happening in employment which is also why we are so interested in gdp growth i mean it's not for its own sake but also in the hope that we are generating jobs now we also know in this context that the majority of the labor force is employed in the informal sector 
so uh, is it possible that in the context of these numbers we might have whatever is the gdp growth high means high or maybe it's 3.2 is it possible to have in the indian context a high gdp growth uh, nominally speaking or formally speaking side by side with a decline in absolute employment is it happening in india yeah you see the problem of course is these uh, to get employment figures which everybody accepts uh, for these you know these relatively you know short periods within within these relatively short periods of time is an issue we now do have uh, both official estimates as well as of course estimates from the cmi uh, cmi you know comes speaker which is looking at employment trends which is looking at labor force participation rates which is looking at uh, you know what is the unemployment rate etc and uh, as you mentioned i mean if you if people have uh, pointed to the cmi figures to to suggest that actually what we seem to have is uh, in some sense an absolute fall in employment in recent years to aggregate employment uh, across the economy and also that unemployment is ruling at a very high rate and despite the fact unemployment is high despite the fact that the proportion of the population which of the working age group which is reporting itself as being part of the labor force that is which is reporting itself as actively looking for work uh, as is as is in some sense uh, not is is not in some sense but but is is not very high and even you know might be stagnating and therefore you are ending up with a situation where you have a high unemployment rate without increase of people coming into the increase in people coming into the labor force and of course you you have this figure of an absolute fall in employment now not all sources to the extent that when they become you know available necessarily point you know give the same evidence but the but the evidence that the country is not doing well in terms of delivering on the employment front is very clear now this could be reflective of two things one it could be reflective of the fact that listen there is an exaggeration on the gdp growth front which is why we are, we are seeing this sort of absence of any responsiveness of employment to the reported gdp growth you know, that gdp growth is high but employment is not really you know responding to the increase in gdp uh, and therefore that might be that the that the gdp figures are questionable the other of course and both can prevail at the same time could be that there has been a change in the structure of growth and this is a possibility because of the of the fact that we know that there has been a long term tendency towards the, the expansion of the services sector in india the manufacturing has not really been you know not really taken off the share of manufacturing in gdp is around the 16 to 18% depending upon what kind of figure you use uh, ranged over a period of time whereas uh, and that's the maximum we reached and uh, that that compares with you know some countries which were similarly placed in the early 1960s which went up to 30 35 you know even in the case of china you know close to 40% of gdp coming from manufacturing so india despite having been a country which emphasized so much industrialization right from independence and more recently through all this make in india etc hasn't made the manufacturing transition there's been this growth in the services sector and it could be argued that listen i mean the, you know the, the services sector consists of two components one component of the services sector essentially consists of a component you can call the modern services where revenues tend to grow at a much faster rate than employment that is revenue per worker rises because of the fact that that's kind of market you're servicing and this would particularly be true of areas like uh, um it enabled services including software services but you know particularly the whole set of it enabled business services the other component of services is areas into which people go and get employed 
but then the employment is extremely poor and you are ending up with a situation where they don't contribute very much in terms of gdp and uh, if that be the case if it was you know we are, we are obviously saying you know looking at a situation where if services is going faster you are obviously talking about a situation where even though the sort of uh, unorganized services have, have are are an important sink for those who are not able to find remunerative employment in let's say the commodity producing sectors like agriculture and manufacturing etc they sort of you know there's an involution a fall back into the services sector in order to get whatever income you can because there is no social security that that even that kind of an increase in employment which would be occurring is not been adequate enough to be able to match up to the fact that there are sec- sectors where gdp is growing fast but where gdp is growing without employment growing at anywhere near the same rate resulting in you know high revenue per worker and profits per workers and billionaires and so on and so forth the 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 sink for the unemployed employment in the sink for the unemployed has not been able to compensate for the absence of adequate employment in the so called dynamic sectors of the indian economy so so you you spoke about two different kinds of services uh, so so which 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 category would you put say the uh, one sector which everybody points to when they talk about growth and all that this uh, delivery you know the delivery men services you know all this zomato swiggy kind of uh, uh, jobs and uber ola kind of jobs and all that so 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 this this gig economy occupies that sort of gray space between what you could say modern services because you know i mean you know it's supposed to be you know the the sort of relationship between the customer and the person who's delivering the service is mediated by you know ostensibly technology but the fact we know that they the kind of employment which we have there it's precarious it's low paying it's uncertain and so on so forth uh, puts the employment in that sector closer to the sort of low 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 productivity low wage uh, poor kind of labor conditions uh, labor force in the service sector it's not like let's say the modern services let's say it's not not even like uh, you know areas like you know uh, health and education and so on where there is a significant public contribution Uh, besides the private contribution so even this degraded uh, this degraded form of employment which is in the gig economy are they counted as do we how do we count them in economics like are they counted as employed people jobs are they counted as jobs yeah 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 because because the question would be that where you you know if if they get covered in the survey the question would be there would be some reference period you know let's say where, where you have, you know was there in any day in which you were employed or any number of hours depending on the nature of the question you were employed over the previous week or the previous month or whatever like or have you generally been employed over the last year and if you cover a gig employee need say yeah i was working you know he's not going to say that yeah but you know you're not asking him did you get 8 hours of work a day you're just going to say or did you get so much at least this minimum salary with these conditions of work that's not the question you're asking you know the question you're asking him is where you working and he's of course going to say i'm working right so so there is a, there is an issue here also with the kind of survey design and questions which are uh, being posed now coming to uh, what to we're running out of time so two quick questions so the gdp numbers are as we know aggregate figures so if we sort of disaggregate them or break them up sectorally can you just give us a quick overview of which sectors are doing well in terms of revenue growth and employment which ought to be doing well uh from the point of view of employment but aren't really doing well well you know 
first is uh, which is the sector which is uh, not doing well in the sector or sector which is definitely not doing well is manufacturing if we go by these provincial i mean the provisional estimates okay and in manufacturing growth has in fact uh, slowed uh, i mean over the 2022 23 financial year relative to the previous etc quite significantly and uh, you know even if you say that manufacturing is not any more an area which is you know significantly labor intensive that of course is may not be um, completely true if you actually take into consideration which the gdp data doesn't take into consideration a whole whole host of sectors uh, in the sort of small and in, in you know informal manufacturing areas but still we know that the dynamism which manufacturing endows economies creates a situation in which you know parallel growth in multiple sectors which is stimulated by this this lead sector which is uh, which is of course not characterized by the same degree of employment generation because it's one of the more or supposed to be one of the more productive sectors which is modern manufacturing that absence of growth there actually tends to slow down gdp growth as well as of course uh, employment growth uh, because of the sort of stimulating effects this has on overall economic performance but if you look at which sectors are have done okay um, that is relative to the bounce back year which is 21 22 agriculture despite the fact that farmers have been protesting saying that listen the viability of crop production is is gone uh, partly because of the you know the monsoon not you know being not munificent but generally have been not being bad monsoon years in recent times and uh, and partly because of the fact that uh, these uh, the farming community uh, has been willing to continue to work and of course the agricultural laborers uh, whose uh, wages real wages of you know are not growing or fallen in parts of many parts of the country that they continue to do this partly because they don't have alternatives uh, and and uh, therefore you actually have agricultural production having or agricultural gdp have been going more or less at, at you know about 4, 4% and therefore help shore up the overall gdp growth and finally of course there are these services in particular the services like the retail and wholesale trade and hotels and restaurants and so on which is that component of services uh, you know as i said services generally has got a modern services component that's you know that's not the one that that contributes to gdp but we we basically seeing that you know some combination of these these sectors as actually if the if the provis- provisional estimates are a true reflection are actually delivering growth rates in this sector which is giving you the 7.2% uh, so so that's the way that basically you know manufacturing hasn't really taken off in any uh, significant sense and you have these other sectors which uh, you know like agriculture which otherwise have problems and of course services which is as i said includes a, a lot of employment which is not employment of a kind which is really the sink for the unemployed the other sectors which are so this is not you know structurally we're not looking you know looking at an economy which is reflecting dynamism right structurally it's not an economic uh, scenario with dynamism in it one last question cp before we wrap up so uh, you've spoken at length about the various uh, issues with the methodology the way data is sourced and used and feeds into the entire calculation so if if there were to be let's say three uh, changes in the method of calculation uh so that the gdp numbers do not end up as overestimates but are op- as accurate as any 
economist might want it to be for his or her purposes. So what what would those three uh, changes would you recommend? Well, the first, of course, is something has to be done about, uh, you know, the sort of tendency towards overestimation, which comes from relying on the MCA database. Either there has to be a way in which that MCA database is reorganized such that it's actually a lead indicator, which is a little more reflective of what's happening in, in, in registered manufacturing. And, you know, and, and, and is not something which, as I said, because of a combination of uh, problems with self-reporting and self-selection, uh, tends to overestimate as many have argued. So that needs to be dealt with. The second, the larger question, which of course is a question which we should to take time and uh, effort to handle, which is of course, how do you bring in uh, more clearly uh, the sort of small and informal sectors of the economy into our uh, quick assessments of GDP? And as I said, that's that would require a significant degree of investment in, in, in data collection, a significant degree of thought on how it's to be conducted, etc. And of course, finally, we really should uh, think of ways in which we can actually do all of this uh, such that we can make sense of this so-called provisional data that, you know, you're able to get information quick enough such that you don't have these major revisions of provisional data which occurs and you don't have this tendency for provisional data to rely on things which may tend to exaggerate GDP. Broadly speaking, you know, this is, you know, it, it always evolves, you know. Refining the database of an economy as large as India's is, is, is an ongoing process. The problem which we have is both in terms of what, it, what has happened to the, the institution, this, the institutions which constitute the statistical system of India, which were built up very well over, year, over the years since independence, you know, have been allowed to sort of deteriorate. And more importantly, there's clear evidence that the government doesn't seem to be very keen on allowing data which uh, it sees as not reflective of the kind of hype that it wants to promote uh, being put out. In fact, in some cases, uh, we've seen that, you know, consumption surveys have been dropped saying that they are not okay, you know, even though it has been, it at that point of time was passed by the National Statistical Commission. So, yeah, we need both a change in the attitude in terms of the objectivity with which data is collected and reported, and we need changes in methods with focus in certain areas. But as I said, this is an ongoing process, but at the moment, the direction of movement is not something which points to uh, improvement. Right. To sum up uh, what you've uh, explained so well, uh, City, so on the one hand, the GDP numbers, be they overestimates or not, they are definitely not reflective of dynamism in the economy. And secondly, uh, there needs to be a change in attitude towards the way uh, data is collected and feeds into the calculation uh, in terms of privileging objectivity rather than hype and also correspondingly a change in the methods adopted so that the small and um, informal sector is also adequately represented in the calculations. Thank you so much, CP, for making these very important points. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.